Marketing Made Easy, the podcast. Now here are your hosts from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Marketing Made Easy from the Get Savvy Club. Today is another guest interview that we've got and today we are interviewing a lovely guy called Phil Ayrson. He runs a business called PMA Life Coaching and he is all about helping people find self-love, which sounds a bit, what? That sounds a bit. What you got to... I also think it sounds a bit rude. Well, that's true. That's just like that. And so, yeah, she, she sees it in, an, in another way. Got to do um, some self love now but, and then. Yes, yeah, so I've got to uh, go and uh, do some self love. But actually, when you listen to it, it does make sense. And um, he's right. You can't be in relationship with other people if you haven't got a healthy, great relationship with yourself to start off with. So he gives some, what I love about this as well, he actually gives us some tips as well. So, because we saw very well people telling us, oh, you need to love yourself blah 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 but if you're in a space where you actually don't for whatever reason maybe it's your past maybe it's things that happened to you maybe it's just a feeling that you get that you're not quite good enough then this is worth listening to and getting these tips so let's get into it if you're enjoying marketing made easy the podcast from get savvy club use your podcast app to rate review and subscribe so yeah i run pma life coaching it does what it says in the tenet, there's a lot of life coaching and the, and the area that i really work in is um people's relationship with themselves so i often come across people who have this fantastic life they they've really worked hard and they've got to a certain level of work or they've got to um a relationship that they really felt like they wanted but there's still that feeling of lack inside that's feeling of something missing and what that tends to be i find and i believe is is that that's their relationship with themselves so what uh, i do is I work with them to create a, a really deep loving relationship with themselves um, that they can take with for the rest of their life, and and it allows them to experience and enjoy things in in a, a more purposeful way, I suppose. Um, and that, that's the good I bring to the world. I, I'm gonna... Fabulous. So, who do you generally work with? Is it men, women? I will work with anyone. Um, I've worked with both. I, I find a lot more women are receptive to it yeah um which which you know is, is obviously to be expected but but men who are open to it as well get the same or if, if not more benefit from it um, yeah. but it's really a universal thing and then do they tend to be a certain age as well because i imagine you get to more middle age and think i'm still feeling like is this, this? Yeah. yeah yeah it tends to be more more people around a kind of middle age but again i i've had the young to to the much older as well mm. um it, it depends when you kind of come to that realization of the importance of the relationship with yourself or, or, and wanting to work on that. Some people come to it very young. I know for me, it, it wasn't until kind of mid thirties. It's different for everyone. Yeah. Cause sometimes you do focus on stuff, don't you? What's your next goal? So I've done it before. I wanted an extension and uh, something got an extension, massive one. And then I wanted, uh, I saw this lovely big new house. And I was like, well, that's what I want. So got this lovely big new house. Oh, I'm still quite miserable. Turned out just needed to get divorced. <laughs> Actually, that did it. So for years, I think I'd focused on if I just had that, I'd feel happier. And if I just had that, I'd feel happier. And without thinking, actually, why am I feeling unhappy? Oh, it's you. <laughs> Off you go. Because I, I actually knew you then, but not that well, just on school no. and stuff. And I remember, like, cause you already lived in the biggest house on the street that we were in anyway. And then you moved to, like, this massive, like, house, like, yeah. around the corner. And I was thinking, and I even thought then, oh, yeah, well, she, well, like, 
<laughs> why does she want to like it was that kind of like okay she's got another big happy you weren't there very long were you before you realized <laughs> i'd actually pretty, pretty, pretty much me. moved in and went well this still isn't what well, maybe it's not me right. this dissatisfaction that's exactly yeah. it and, and and that's the point that people hit and um you know and i say that as someone who's done it myself you know as someone who was um looking for for that in relationships and looking for that at work where i'd, I'd keep just trying to throw myself into it and i'd kind of think oh i'd be happy when like you were saying i'll be yeah. happy when i get this promotion i'll be happy when i get to this level earn this amount of money it's that saying isn't it be careful what you wish for it's about um when we start looking for outside solutions to inside problems yeah. the way i used to describe it before i kind of knew all this was just a feeling of wrongness and a feeling of, of everything not being quite right even though on paper it should be it still just didn't quite match up and that's because mm. there was a lot of things for me to deal with in terms of my relationship to myself so yeah and I think I it's often that. it's often not very fair on the people around you if you're not like yeah, sorted true. out yourself and then you you expect I've I've had like friends in the past that have, they've pinned so many expectations and hopes on <laughs> on other people around them all the time instead of like mm. look it's not, it's not up to other people to make you happy actually no. you can't expect them to you know to and, and how can people second guess what they're supposed to be doing have no expectations of anyone and then you'll be com completely fine you you'll never yeah. have that feeling of, of un unsatisfaction but what do you think makes it so that like some people are like fine and never need this and probably make some people listen to this now are like, well, what's he even mean by this? Because they just get, they're just fine with themselves. And those people that, um, that I mean, is it something that happens in their childhood generally or what, like what are the causes? Why would this happen? I think you can have a natural healthy relationship with yourself. Like unconsciously you can really, um, you know, you don't know you're doing it, but but you, you can treat yourself with kindness and, and the way you see the world and um, the way you see others and, and just how you relate to everyone. If, if that's, that can be in order from when you're quite young, it, mm -hmm. it, is, it is possible without you purposefully sitting down and think I'm going to work on myself. And I suppose you don't really realize that you have to work on it until you, you hit that point where, where you know something's not right, you know something needs to change. I do think it, it can just be circumstance. I think a lot of people, if not most, could work on their relationship with themselves in some way or another. I, th I think there are there are definitely aspects most people could work on, but yeah, there are the odd few that have a really healthy relationship with themselves. Like you say about there about like how people talk to themselves, like how you your internal dialogue might be. You would never say to anybody else, but you would say to yourself, like, "Oh, well, yeah. you're stupid for doing that," or whatever. Yeah. You know, so, you're not, you don't treat yourself with the kindness that you would to other people. One of the first exercises I always ask people to do before our first session is just at the end of the day, spend five minutes writing down all the language you've used to talk to yourself throughout the day. Yeah. And, yeah. and bring that to the session. And, and some of the things people bring, I've obviously I brought that to my coach when I was younger as well. Um, and, we, and we talk about, would you ever talk to anyone in public like that? And it, it, it's very rarely, yes. Or if someone, you had a friend that constantly talked to you like that, you'd soon be going, oh, I don't, yeah. I don't think I should just, I'm, hang out I'm not answering like that text from her and things like yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it's about seeing that how you, relation, you want your relationship with yourself to be. And, and for me, a um, little bit about myself. Um, we, my wife and I recently had um, twins during lockdown. Wow. Um, so we, ha we had a boy. Lockdown wasn't hard enough on its own. Uh, <laughs> we no, throw I, twins I, I, into the mix. 
I thought <laughs> I would um, go out on my own with a business and also have twins at the yeah, same yeah. time as a pandemic. Yeah. Um and um this technique I was kind of told about self-love was was to think of uh, a person or an animal that that when you're with them it's really kind of um a state of unconditional love. So I'm not thinking, you know, when I feed my baby, I'm not thinking about oh, I need to get some exercise in because I'm overweight or I need to make some more money in business. It's just in there in the moment looking at, you know, for me, it's my baby. For for other people, it could be whatever. And and really connecting to that that love that the baby's giving you and and then trying to see yourself through those eyes. And that's kind of what I'm looking to get everyone to, looking at seeing yourself as this just lovely being of of, of kindness and and, and warmth. And, And that's... Yeah, that was a real game changer for me, I suppose. Yeah, mm. I, I'm a bit of a nutter and I'm a bit the opposite. So sometimes like, I walk by the, wind, the mirror and I go, you're awesome, you're amazing. So I do like the the opposite, but I think that's yeah. over year, that's over years of doing like self-help mm. stuff and whatnot. So <laughs> probably I took it to like the major extremes of like the self-love to then bring it back down at some point oh, yeah. of that kind of, you know, like when you, I don't know, it's not really like this in self-help world anymore, but it used to be where you'd like just say affirmation, I mean, you still do affirmations, but mm. you just almost like say things were untrue. Like you're the best person ever. You're amazing. Yeah. You know, like just overdo it. But that used to be like how it used to be, if that makes yeah. sense. Like no, in the self-help sort of world is to say, you know, see it, you believe it. And fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it and all of that kind all of stuff. So stuff. I don't think that necessarily helps too much either the opposite way, but it's, it's better than like, you know, not being kind to yourself yeah. when you see stuff in the mirror. That's got its place and, and thinking positively mm. is great and, and great, whatnot. Yeah. But it's not just turning up and thinking positive. That's, that's not going to yeah. do it. It's very delusional because if you don't do the work, like, you know, if you didn't do the work of the thing that yeah. you're trying to do or whatever, you didn't put any work and you just thought that it's just going to happen, then you quickly realise it's not going to happen. Well, then you just beat yourself up because you're not thinking positively anymore. And so it's just another thing to beat yourself up about, isn't it? Like the law exactly. of attraction when people say, oh, yeah, you know, and it's like, you will need to take action. Yeah. You can't, yeah. like- I'm manifesting millions whilst sitting on the sofa watching whatever. If, you, if you're in the kitchen, the kitchen is on fire with the best one in the world. You can't positive think it away. You actually have to take action. You can think, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to make it out of this and it's going to be Go away, fine. fire. Yeah, but you're, it has to be combined. As you're burning. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. isn't working so obviously this is a massive thing that you work with people on an ongoing basis and everything but we like to be quite practical for our listeners so say you're you know out there listening to this thinking god yeah that's me i feel quite dissatisfied Mm -hmm. um i don't really know why or how what to do about it you know what are kind of a couple of things they can start doing that will help the the first thing that i mentioned was was the um the writing down the self-talk and monitoring that for i would say about five days so the, the 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 so without the, trying to change it, just like oh yeah yeah yeah, just this, notice this, it yeah yeah. This, this, okay. The first stage is always um, one of awareness. Mm-hmm. So so taking I call it um, in my program I call it taking stock. So it's just noticing the language that you use with yourself, how you feel about yourself, what you think about yourself, and the actions you take as a result. And mm-hmm. over the five days, it takes like five minutes a day. You should start to get a rough outline of where, where you're kind of at with that and where you're at with yourself. The second exercise I would, I would ask people to do is to assess their perfectionism. So a lot of people I, I meet say that they're feeling like they're not good enough. Uh, and, that, and that's a phrase that comes up 
you know, so, so often is I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough. But when I actually question them about what good enough looks like, they've got no idea. And so they're, they're kind of, they're on a journey without a destination. You know, yeah. they're, they're, they're beating themselves up for not reaching a destination that yeah. they don't know. What I get them to do is challenge their perfectionism and, and ask them what would a perfect, I don't know, mother look like? What would a perfect father be like? What would a perfect employee boss whatever be like whatever it is that is for them get them to write out what that perfect version would be like and how their relationship to that how they're relating to that how is that affecting them day to day the reason i would suggest these two exercises as as a start is because it really kind of sets out where you are in terms of, of, of your relationship with yourself and, and what the real issues are and, and what, what your thoughts are around yourself. Because without that awareness, everything else that, that we would kind of do wouldn't really work. It is really about creating the awareness to start with. Yeah, and actually I guess that having that belief that you're not good enough then yes. affects other things. So you accept, I don't know, maybe a second-rate relationship or a job mm. that doesn't really show the best of your abilities or all those kind of things. Or maybe, you know, you never stick to a diet because you don't think you're good enough to be that perfect person. And, and actually you'll probably then start to realise the knock-on effect it's having on your whole life. That's right, yeah. Um, it, it's something that I call, um, oops, I call, I, I, I didn't invent it at all. But when I when I did um, psychotherapy, it was called rubber banding. So if you're so attached to this belief that you as a person at your core aren't good enough, when you start to do things like um, dieting, and uh, you, you know you find yourself doing um, uh, yo-yo dieting, that's what I'm yep. thinking of. Yeah. Um, it's normally because you are starting to go against one of your core beliefs, in this case, that you're not good enough. Everything in your brain will try and rubber band pull you back to to where it believes you should be so that you've got something physical to beat yourself up about that's well yeah. it, it it proves your worldview about yourself yeah so yeah. so you can go you know what it's right I, yeah. I was always right my sense of me is not good enough it was correct from the start the world is as it should be yeah. uh, and what we do in the in the self-love um in the work that i do and in my program is start to to detach that and and challenge that and, and create a new place to come from. My, my coach has said this great phrase to me, which, which I love sharing with everyone. And it was that um, happiness is a place to come from, not to get to. Yeah. And, and it's about creating that happiness and joy and, and acceptance and love in the now rather than constantly looking for it all the time. So you went through this process with a coach ages ago then, did you? This is what kind yes. Of- yes, I did. Two coaches. And so what kind of made you think, actually, that's a route I need to go down? You know what it was? If that's I... not a really personal question. No, actually. no, no, of yeah. course not. Um, <laughs> Gotta have a so... story. <laughs> yeah. What was wrong uh, in your life? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, oh, God, I was going to go into the time I tried to join the circus and failed. Um, but... <laughs> Oh, you failed at getting into the circus. I was going to do circus. I did my BTEC in performing arts and then I nearly oh. went on to do a BTEC in circus thing, which was a new thing oh, they were creating nice. at the time. Oh, my God, she's going to start miming in a minute. Oh, <laughs> Which is always good for <laughs> oh, a podcast. It's really good. My miming's great. Yeah. It's a different level. No, yeah, um, no, but, but no, definitely a different Can't juggle. For, for me, it was... Um, I'd, I'd really throw myself into human psychology and understanding myself and really try to make these shifts in, in self-growth and things like that. And I still kept, like I described before, still kept having that feeling of things aren't quite right. And I was going to therapy. I was working as a therapist. I, I did everything and everything, and it just didn't quite get there. And I, I watched a video by um, a coach called Amber Chris, 
and she did some some kind of talk around self love and and some of the things she said just made all the sense in the world. You know, it really you know what you know when you have that um, kind of insight moment where where it just hits you and you uh, like an aha and you're like. Oh, yeah. haven't I yeah. heard this stuff before? Yeah. It was nothing like out there and written like crazy revolutionary, but for some reason, the way she put things just connected so many dots in my head about, oh, yeah. yeah, of course, I can I can see how all this works. One of the things we say is that it doesn't matter if there's loads of other people out there saying mm. the same thing. You're like, oh, they've already said it. Oh, it's about how you might phrase it or your passion or your whatever it is that comes yeah. through that just reaches that one person yeah that's right yeah I, I think I think from a lot of the kind of group coaching I've done because I, I, I used to be quite nervous about it because I thought you know what if it's it's all focused on someone else's problems or whatever and I, I just don't get a look in and I'm just kind of sitting in the group yeah but a lot of my biggest insights have come when someone's been having a conversation with with a, with a coach or with whoever's running the group and it's yeah. just the way they say a certain thing yeah and you just get that little bit of insight and it was it was very much that um and I reached out to her uh, just to kind of thank her for, for, for really kind of sparking that in me. She set up a Zoom call and we had like three or four chats, which was great because she's, you know, a very high level coach. That's what um, people forget, don't they? These people on YouTube, these people on, they yeah. are there. You can reach out to their real yeah. life people. If you do, yeah. then more often than not, they will, you know, yeah. give you time, won't they? Absolutely. And, and, and yeah, that was it. I, it started a, um, a research frenzy and, and an exploring myself. And I really, I took the time to start looking inward instead of, of looking outward. I, I went through a phase where I thought that really working on sales and everything like that was, was why my business was kind of, it, it done really well, but I, I kind of felt like I'd hit a ceiling. And I, and I started looking into to, to sales programs and stuff like that. And I, it, it really didn't give me anything new. And I, I, I really kind of fell out of love with everything. And this got me to start working on myself. And, and as I did the work on myself, everything else just started to really take mm. off. You know, my business started doing mm. really well. And my, my relationships were getting great and my health. And just like, I saw how just focusing and doing the work on my relationship with myself just affected everything else mm. and it was absolutely bananas yeah weird hey the energy you give out is what you get back mm. isn't it yeah yeah and it's hard uh, to explain that to someone isn't it like when that yeah. happens, something like that happens to you you can't really like put it into words because it's always going to sound like you know well, it's like if something bad happens letting go of the bitterness you might feel towards it because you're the only one that's being poisoned by that bitterness the person you're bitter about has moved on and is like whatever so it's kind of on that on a bigger scale really isn't it I mean, I, I mean, a lot of the times we're so worried about what people are thinking about us, but but most of the time people aren't really thinking about us. Because <laughs> they're all thinking about themselves. That was a big thing for me. Like you say, it's a tough one to tell people, especially someone who, I, I come from a, um, a finance background, and I think if you told me um, back then, you know, focus on yourself and business will pick up. Sounds a bit woo-woo, doesn't it? I've done it. It's happened. But I, don't, I don't know what more I can say, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. And helping so, other people do the same as well, which is so important. And that's often what happens, mm. isn't it? That's how people end up being coaches because they've been through a journey and then they know that they can help other people. Yeah, yeah. It, it really did feel like um, like I'd found my calling. All the coaching stuff I've done before has been great. And, and um, you know, I coach people around business and I coach people around relationships and success and all that. But, but for, mm. there was something about this process that I saw how powerful it was and I saw what it did for me. And it was just something I, I just, I'm really passionate about sharing. 
um, yeah. and, and given to the world. Yeah. How do you share that? Do you have, is it like all one-to-one or is there a group or? Um, so yeah, I, I currently I just do one-to-one, but I launched my first group at the start of awesome. August. Um, so that that's really exciting. Um, I do run a group, but I, I start the first course rather um, of, of group work where, where we're going to be doing a set um, kind of schedule. It's all very exciting, trying to reach as many people as possible. So there are uh, two questions we always ask all of our guests, and it's probably pre-warned you this. Um, and one of them is, can you recommend a book um, to our listeners? So something that's um, maybe self-help or business or something that's just really resonated with you. So in terms of what, what I found the most game-changing book for me, was Lovability by Robert Holden. Oh, I love one that I've not come across before. Ah. And why this one? It started creating the foundations of everything I, I want to work on. Um, and it it's an introduction to the self and, and exploring your relationship with yourself. It was one that, that I knew, Amber, the, the lady who, who really inspired me. It was um, She followed his work a lot, and, and so I did the same thing. It's it's just a beautiful book. It's really easy and um, kind to read, I suppose. Mm. Um, and it's one that I, that I send to clients because I think it is I don't want to say essential reading, but if I could get everyone to read it, I would. Um, How different would things be if we taught this stuff in school? Oh, you know that vulnerable teenage age as well, yeah. where you're like really worried yeah. what you look like to other people, and standing yeah. out is like the worst thing in the world. And, exactly, yeah. and, and and that's that that's really what I want is to is to start getting that message to as many people as possible, so they can pass it on to as yeah. many people as possible. Get my kids to read. It's funny because my dog is stupid and broke his leg running for his dinner the other day uh, and we knew there was something wrong because he couldn't walk on it so he was like lolloping along like that and so I was walking to the bus stop with my kids on I just walked them up to the bus stop for school and we were walking past the bus stop so we could cross the road and mm. I said we were talking about the dog and I said yeah look he's walking along like this and started doing an impression of him and my daughter just went stop what are you doing stop stop it people are looking stop and I was like no, I don't care I'm doing an impression of the dog no one cares about me yeah, yeah. because she she's 14 and she was instantly oh my sure. god you're standing with me and you're looking at that silly and <laughs> I didn't you see you were walking them to the bus they were, yeah I know especially as I walk that. them yeah. and then I go running so you can imagine what I look like walking them wearing lycra having not even you know <laughs> looked in the mirror let alone washed so yeah. um yeah I'm my daughter I cannot I cannot embarrass my daughter I've tried my hardest but she's really is like just out there she's not she didn't get mm. embarrassed but just that like self-containment if you could mm -hmm. learn that from an early age you could just rule the world oh it, it, yeah you, i would have loved to have known this was available yeah. to me I think, you, know. you know like me just too. the confidence to laugh out loud at a cinema because something has made you laugh and mm. so many people do, don't do that so many people don't so many people think things in their head and they don't say the thing because they're scared of looking stupid or not understanding or to say and you're good at this Anna to just yeah. go what I don't understand what you're saying you're great at that. Yeah. because you know so many people go oh I don't want to look stupid so you go you along and you never quite understand yeah. it and you you know you yeah. get in a worse situation and that took me years to learn that as well it goes into it in the book but but the the basic premise is that um there's one basic human fear that everyone's got and that is that they're not lovable that underpins everything so they're worried about laughing out loud because they'll be judged and if they're judged mm. then they're not lovable you know confirms they're not lovable and yeah we're always um that's why people look outside for that feeling they look um you know they look to work to so that they can prove that they're a success so they can feel lovable and it, it, it's always kind of underpinning everything in that and um it's the same when you kind of get to that that teenage age it's such a worry that 
society tells you you have to look a certain way to be lovable. From that age until when adult, you're just told, do this so you're not lovable, do this so you're not lovable, do this so you're not yeah. lovable. And that's just not the case. You know, when, when we're born, um, the other theory that the, the book um, proposes is that there's a, there's a universal truth, which is that we are lovable. And when we're born, we don't question whether we deserve food and love and comfort. And we don't judge ourselves and we don't judge others. We just are and we, we, we're, we're little tiny little podgy beings of love there was just something about that that that, that i loved and, and yeah and, sounds great yeah it really is and the other question mm. is and you can take this any way you like what makes you savvy because we are the savvy club, what, of course what makes me savvy i think that i can view things through a lens now of everything in relation to myself and i can really see what's important and it sounds daft, but it really means a lot to me that I can take breaks when I feel like my body and mind need it. I'm really in tune with that. And I know when I can push things and when I need to do things creatively, I'm really kind of aware of that. Obviously, I'm very fortunate to be able to do so. I know not everyone can, but I know that taking care of myself isn't selfish. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's important I mean? as well, because I, I know some people instantly might think oh, it sounds a bit flaky to me. People mm. will think that, won't they? But mm. it, it's not. It's because you're still going to show up. You're still going to do the things that you said you're going to do. You're still taking responsibility. Yeah. But you've got that edge about you that actually you're going to like make sure that you're okay as well. Like yeah. not just be give, give, give and not like make sure you're all right with yeah. yourself. And, and like, I would say 90% of the population doesn't yeah. get that. And doesn't exactly. Like exactly. prioritize themselves and what, mm. you know. And I, th I think to that point, it's it really, um, it changes how you show up. And you're absolutely right. Yes, you're still going to show up, but you can show up from a better place, a better place, better for you. And and, and as a result, a place better for, for everyone else. It really yeah. kind of helps you show up powerfully to everything. I think actually the word selfish shouldn't be negative. It should be a very positive thing to be oh, selfish. Uh, it's yeah. just become negative, hasn't it? And like a bit of an insult. I always used to say, I'm professionally selfish when I won't make the tea like in jobs that I have, I wish you to put a word in front of it to excuse yeah. myself. But I was very, very, like really selfish, like but probably too selfish until I had the kids. And then I was like, oh my God. Yeah, God, yeah. Like, younger people are more selfish, people. selfish aren't yeah. they? Yeah, not always in a good way. But whereas now when I'm selfish, it's like it's a good way and it's better for everyone I around. I try. I think you have to try to be selfish and you I You have to work try. at it. You have, yeah. to, you, have to prior, you have to literally make a concerted effort to be so because mm. if yeah. you don't, you won't get that time. And you'll learn you this won't. when you've got kids. They will walk all over you and go, oh, but that's not fair. And then they'll just dump you when it doesn't suit them. So yeah. you have to learn to be selfish again because they've needed you and they, sure. you know they literally won't survive without you you give everything to them and then at some point they don't yet you're still used to giving everything yeah. to them and you've got yeah, to yeah, learn totally. to take it back yeah, yeah you'll probably absolutely. be better at it because of all your training yeah no absolutely I, I think i remember when i was at school there was a phrase of oh you know that person really loves themselves don't they and it was a yeah. negative thing yeah, yeah. Meant they were really into themselves and their looks and, th and things like that and it's just i see it a lot differently now yeah, yeah. it's, it's a loving yourself then loving yourself isn't it it's yeah, completely different things like what people of course yeah, think, it, it, yeah it, arrogance yeah. and loving yourself are different things i suppose well, i don't think arrogance should be such a negative thing either yeah. lots of arrogant people are very successful because of their arrogance and i think we are yeah. too 
to shout about how good we are because we don't want to be perceived as arrogant yes, and actually really nobody are. knows how good we are no one wants to work with us and we're not as successful as we should be maybe yeah. maybe, maybe I'm, i mean more kind of misplaced hubris than yes. arrogance i suppose yeah um, yeah. yeah i absolutely agree but with you're that, right yeah. it's only something i'm kind of thinking about you know confidence versus arrogance and it's mm. i've never wanted to be seen as arrogant and now i think why not just do it yeah, yeah. yeah. if somebody's going to show us how to do something we want the confidence and the certainty that they know what they're doing and they're going to show you yeah. not yeah. someone that's like you know really like humble about it oh yeah i suppose i could do this or whatever you want hang on mm. I'm, I'm gonna pay you money now. i want you to make sure yeah, exactly. yeah, you get that, that maybe yeah. that's part of the whole lovable thing if i come yeah. across as arrogant no one will love me so i have to be all modest and then you yeah. just you know and all of that is just throw it all off and just yeah. be don't have such a need to be liked yeah because mm, it's not you're not for everyone and that's, right. you know that, that's fine too so thank you so much for coming on you've been a great guest how Perfect. can our people find out more about you then so they can go to pmalifecoaching.com or they can find me phil erson on facebook or on linkedin on instagram probably um, I like how you like. Maybe I think, I, I, I think maybe. I'm there somewhere. <laughs> I'm like, There's it's, not going to be a lot of content. You need there to work with us. Help you with um, social media. <laughs> don't expect um, much from his Instagram because he don't know if it's there or not. So yeah, he's probably not going to have to. Don't do it. Don't, no, don't try not to do Instagram. But um, Facebook or LinkedIn, Phil Erson, or if you search for the Inner Circle of Self Love on Facebook you'll find us there as well if you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy the podcast from Get Savvy Club use your podcast app to rate, review and subscribe awesome that was really interesting wasn't it you know what it took me years to get it and I kind of understood that whole um you've got to love yourself first and you know actually holding on to feelings of resentment and anger and all of that just like ruins your life I got it on one level but not in like a level to actually do it you know if you really hate someone because they're mean to you and you, you don't want to let go of it because you want to hate them and actually <laughs> he is right so I kind of wish I'd got that a bit sooner in life but um yeah wise words and a really nice guy definitely and if you want to win that book don't forget um listen rate review take a screenshot um, put us on social media and tag us any platform you like we're on them all um, and then we will put you in a draw to win the book um, and also don't forget to listen out for whatever the quickie is um, on Thursday I can't think what it is off the top of my head and it's there's a chance we haven't recorded it yet but I'm sure it's going to be awesome anyway that's quite fast paced wasn't it <laughs> what's yeah. wrong with me today <laughs> I'm a bit calm down you've been drinking coffee you don't even drink coffee do you I don't drink coffee maybe I should start Anyway, have a fantastic day, evening, whatever time of day it is when you listen to this, and um, we'll catch up with you on the next one. Remember, give yourself self-love. Peace out. Bye. <laughs> Not when your kids are in. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Bye. That was Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club. If you enjoyed it, join our Facebook group. Just search Get Savvy Club.